1: Everybody to this Tuesday edition of Everyday Connection. I am yet again Rico Shields. Sometimes when it's not Tuesday and Thursday, I'm not Rico Shields, but I am today. No, that's not true. And uh, off here to my left is Jean Victoria Norlock, the giggle one. <laughs> Hello, giggly.
2: Hi, I am free. <laughs> yes,
1: and you're much much gigglier now that you're free again. Hello. Uh oh. Hi.
3: Yes, I'm getting feedback. I'm sorry. Oh. I'll, I'll fix that. There. Okay, sorry. Problem solved. That's fine. I yourself.
1: lost you. I was like it's <laughs> well, too early I'm in here, the show. I'm here. I'd be losing anybody?
3: <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. So um to all our listeners out there, have you ever had that that pivotal defining moment in in any job where your mind just snaps and you think to yourself, "What the what hell am I still doing here? And what do you do when that happens? Um, do you give the appropriate two weeks notice? Do you write it out? Because God knows we all need to pay our bills and feed our kids and, you know, keep our, our budgets afloat and all that stuff. Um, you know, or or do you have that automatic gut instinct reaction to go, ah, no, here's your problem. Here's the situation. I'm out of here. Gone. And have you ever done that? And how does it make you feel when you do? Because, oh man, it made me feel really good today. I just, I got to say, it made me feel really good. So um, that's, my, that's my crazy story for today.
1: That's the crazy I story ran free for today. Me work. And I will say that <laughs> for the last three to four weeks, you um, have been physically ill and really yes. never mentioned three. that during that whole time you were feeling heavy. Like bodily feeling heavy, like you were. Yes, I really felt
3: like my fibromyalgia was having a total relapse, and that it was, you know, due to the cold that I was, you know, and and but when I think back on it, it's due to this feeling of shouldering a responsibility that really at the end of the day is not mine. I mean. You know, I the stupid thing is I love my job. I love going in and putting on my headset and cleaning rooms and scrubbing toilets. Yes, that's what I do for a living. And I'm quite happy to do it for minimum wage for 20 hours a week because I don't need to work full time. Um, But it, it's my quiet time away from the world, and I actually enjoy doing that. But when it comes to being put in a position where your quality of work is what's keeping things afloat, yeah, not so much. I'm not down with having that kind of level of responsibility put on my shoulders. If I was, I would go for management. And particularly
1: know? not for having that level on your shoulders immediately there, followed by being chewed out for working too much, taking yeah, too long yeah, yeah. to do what you do. Even yeah. though what the, the, the cleanliness ratings on Hotels.com have raised for the joint, you, you've really...
3: changed the whole scene down there i kind of did because i i kind of went in and i said this is not i would not stay here this is not quality i would expect from a hotel what can we do to fix it i'll put in the elbow grease put in the time let's go to this and we did and the rating went up and you know there was cooperation at first but we've had a couple slow days and all of a sudden it's well, you can't be spending this much time with <laughs> well,
1: and and, and I, dude I will say I'll point out for you know those friends of ours that are wanting to where's the deeper spiritual thing in this <laughs> the um your boss has recently been focused on looking for a new hotel like elsewhere in Montreal or something, yeah,
3: yeah
1: and
2: so yes,
3: he has been spending inordinate amounts of time and energy looking for
1: another hotel, a bigger
3: and, hotel.
2: And,
1: and At,
3: right, so he's, he's living is, in and the talking future. about it
1: now. He's not present. He's totally living now. in the future. And so his he's not now not the in It <laughs>
3: absolutely is. And here's the thing: he wants that bigger, brighter, bigger hotel. But his hotel that he's got now, which is a beautiful building, and with the right love. Could actually be a successful business. The business is starting to fail and has been getting progressively worse over the last year, and yet he's still searching for that other hotel. And it's like I'm watching the whole thing, and it's just—it's not in alignment with the kind of energy I want to be around because I don't, I can't, <laughs> I don't get it anymore. I guess, and that's my point is that I don't, I don't get that. You know, I mean, yeah, you should why be dealing you? with what.
1: One of well, you. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but why would you deal with, why would you still be doing it if you don't want to be doing that? If your whole mind and right. spirit and everything is off in Montreal somewhere looking for a hotel, go to Montreal, go look for a hotel. But quit saying you run one in Cowansville because you don't, it's falling apart. It has no energetic support from you, the leader and you came in and threw a little energy it, around, sprinkled a little energy around and everything perked right up and guests were happy and so it obviously doesn't take a lot attention to it, a
3: little it, but. it doesn't it doesn't i don't i don't think anything in the world takes a lot of attention i think it just takes a little bit you know and i think that's the thing but if everybody put in a little bit of attention but when you get in a position where one person or two people it, amongst a whole bunch of people are putting in a little bit of attention, and nobody else is is bothering to bother. Then that's where the pressure comes on, you know. So, and I think that's I think that's kind of inducive to the old energies, the old energetics, and not what I want to be in. And my body gave me a very definite: What are you doing? You're this is not. I'm going right, to start feeling heavy
1: to you, so that you maybe won't get me up off the couch <laughs> and take me to that place anymore. Yeah, yeah. That's right. It's funny. So, Our bodies um, short- talk to us a lot. We just um,
3: listen. They do, and we don't. We don't always listen. And you know, and and the funny thing is, is that it was an immediate, immediate reaction to me kind of snapping and saying, "Okay, enough enough." You know, I'm not. Why am I coming in here feeling sick as a dog when? It's not appreciated, um, you know. And I, my body felt so much lighter after I actually said that and acknowledged it and brought it to light. So um,
1: some people carry the weight of the world. Your, you, you were carrying the weight of a hotel, and now it's now you're. Not. I was,
3: and pay attention. Pay attention to your bodies, and and don't, for the love of God, do not. Keep yourself in a situation that makes you sick or miserable or, or makes you question your worth. They're, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this month, but I know that I will be able to pay my bills because I have faith. And that's what it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, you have to believe that everything will be okay so that you can remove yourself from a situation that is making you unhealthy and unhappy. My life lesson for today, and we're done now. Do you think he passed the patient test?
1: Oh, he's more than passed the patient's test. That's what we call our little bantering around here. And, uh, am I on (laughs) on mute? No. Oh, good. I thought, I always wonder when I start talking again whether I'm on mute, because I mute myself almost all the time in between, uh, you know, for fear that the dog will freak out or I'll cough. I do that a lot, coughing. But anyway, uh, we actually have, uh, a wonderful fellow with us this, this evening, who is a uh, best-selling author and uh, I would say adventurer, uh, but then uh, aren't we all? But he's he's lived quite an adventure and is going to share some of that with us tonight. And uh, and I want to mention hello to everybody in the chat room. And Bill's there, and Hawkeye, and Anne Alexson is in the chat room, and listening in from uh, Australia.
3: Oh, hi, Anne. Good and, morning, uh, darling.
1: Because I posted about the show, and she said, oh, I love William. I hope to listen in live, or if not, by recording. And interestingly enough, before the show, when we did our sound check with William, I mentioned Ann Alexon's name, and he said, yeah, she Insight Magazine, right? And so uh, we're all family. Everybody knows everybody. Um, and uh, Ann says, big kisses and hugs back to you. Yeah. So... Ah. so uh, We have with us William Whitecloud. Welcome, William. How are you?
0: Yeah, real good, uh, Rick and Jean and Anne and Hawkeye and everybody. Uh, Thanks for having me on the chat uh, with you all. Can I just weigh in on that uh, little uh, conversation you had? Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. That's why we have guests on the show, and that's why we have that banter about regular life. I, I
0: I just want to say... Because I also learned a lot from a hotel once. I went with my family to Bali. And um, we stayed in this most amazing resort, the most amazing resort I've ever stayed in, at Taman Sari in a place called Pumutaran, very remote area of Bali. And it was just fabulous. You know, you would have thought that the gardens were created by, uh, you know, a a garden architect, a landscape architect and that the place had been designed by, you know, some hip um, architecture firm and design firm and that, you know, some top interior decorator from Singapore had come in and Done the place out, and the, the the chefs had been secured from somewhere in Malaysia, and you know trained in the in the the, the toppest hotels, and the gardeners and the staff and everyone that just everything was absolutely impeccable, and at a very good price too. And it was just uh, it was like being in Shangri La. It was like being in heaven. The, the service was just incredible, and I remember saying to the manager, this very uh, modest, uh, humble man uh, called Putu. And I said to him, you know, put This is a wonderful place. He said, thank you. I said, you know, who who built this place? And he, he it's a little remote village somewhere. And he said, the villagers did. And I said, what? But but who designed it? He said, the villagers designed it. And so I said, but but who decorated it? And he said, the the villagers did. And I said, but who did the gardens here? And uh, he said, the villagers did. And I said, so where are the staff from? He said, they're from the village. And I said, who trained them? He said, nobody trained them. I said, what are you talking about? How do you get a place like this? How do you get this incredible place that's just so beautiful where everything's perfect, everything runs so smoothly and you know, just nothing ever goes wrong and, and everybody anticipates your every whim but yet at the same time they, they're never crowding you. It's, it's just perfect. Um, and and he, said, he just looked at me and said, look, you know, the secret is we just make sure that every single person that works for us is happy. You know whether they 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 clip the lawn with scissors or whether they make beds or whatever, we just make sure that every person that works for us is happy, and then that's everything you see here is the outcome of that philosophy. That just that basic thing. He says my job here is just keeping my staff happy, and that's all I do. I don't tell them what to do. I don't train them. I don't nothing. I don't give them recipes. I just make sure that the cooks, everybody's <laughs> happy. And then I mean, he used the word love, and he said, out of that love, this is what you get. You know, I mean, isn't that instructional? I mean, it was for me anyway. <laughs> and that's, Very.
3: It's so absolutely true, and this is what I've been trying to explain to them, is that if you just let me love my job. And and this is where we're coming to blows, so to speak, is that I am I really I love to do, if I'm going to do a job, I'm going to put everything into it. I'm going to give you all of me because that's just who I am. That's how I was raised. It's my personality. So even if I'm cleaning rooms, I'm going to give you all of me. I'm going to do the very best I can to make sure that your guests come in and have a, a really positive experience when they come. And if I see things that need improving or fixing, I'm going to go about the task of doing that. Mm. What I'm not happy in any job is when the boss is cutting corners to save money at the expense of...
0: The customer. Of
3: quality. Mm. Of yeah, quality. but
0: I mean... If
1: the you're
3: thing cutting that- corners and you're not providing the quality for the customer, then... It, and. You know, and that's that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. That's that's the problem with this job, which really sucks because I love everybody I work with.
0: <laughs> but you know, it's, it's not a it's not a petty personal issue. This that you're talking about, it's it's, it's quite a, a pro- profound issue of our time because I really do believe we we we're moving from an organisational way of being that's been very directive and i mean before that it was dispersive you know where you just had a whole bunch of people randomly doing whatever they did and then society organized itself into directive mode where you had some people in charge directing everybody and it you know took people beyond the dispersive mode and that worked for a long time but it's just not working now and the the mode of sort of Organisation and, and, and creativity that we're moving into is what I call the cohesive mode where it's, it's like the cohesive mode is like if you see a, a flock of pigeons flying and they all turn at the same time. No one says, let's turn. It's a silent... Intention that just the whole flock just turns at the same time. If one of those pigeons didn't turn, they'd all crash into each other. You know, so it's that that's cohesion. And and cohesion in in um, human terms is borne out just by what you're saying, Gene. Is is let every I mean, it's 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 for our for us moving into this era, it can be uh, confronting and tense to do it, particularly if you come in from the side of of leadership and management where you just got to let go of control. And, and like that guy in Bali who knew intuitively, who knew instinctively how to create a cohesive mode, um, is, is let people go and, and, and let them do what they love. Give, give them the power. Let them do what they love. And then each person magically becomes part of a tapestry they become a thread in the tapestry that their weave fits into every other thread that everyone else is weaving and and you just get a perfect result out of the sort of higher collective conscience consciousness rather than this one controlling influence that is there blocking all the creative inspired inputs you see and and so that's why i say this you know, um, <laughs> you were saying, Have you tested my patience at the beginning there? But it was music to my ears to listen to the conversation because, yeah, you know, this is one of the things that I think about a lot actually. Well, well, well,
3: we do try to marry everyday living with this spiritual thing that's going on because it. I mean, that's what the spiritual thing is. It's having this everyday living experience. So well, when I have these experiences in within every within society, I have to bring them to the show because it, it. It. What's the point of me having these experiences and having the radio show if I can't share them and if we can't pick them apart and if we can't look at them and see how it relates to other people's experiences and other people's journeys. And maybe, you know, hidden within this discussion is an answer for somebody who's struggling with that very issue. And, you know, I love being able to look at those everyday issues in life from the outside. And, you know, I mean, a few years ago, this would have really freaked me out. Like, I would probably still be crying and upset and mad. And now I'm just looking at it from afar going, okay, okay. This is what happened. How do I deal with it? You know, it's um, it's an interesting growth process. I'm and I must
1: say the synchronicities th- have done a divine job as we've gone through the time with the show of marrying situations, often from your life, but sometimes from mine, with our our, our guest. It, it's uh, of the evening. And <laughs>
2: absolutely, it, it, absolutely. It, 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 we
1: seem to. You have had health issues, and we have somebody show up and talks about this, that, or the other. That's a health-related guest, or we have, uh, you know, issues you go through riding the bus, the trolley. We've had so many that have just been. Yeah, some. When Jean wasn't working, uh, we spoke almost every morning over coffee, and uh, so often she would tell me about one of these things, and I'd be like, that's just the most off the wall, doesn't make any sense. And then she would tell the story on air that night, and our guest would say, you know, that's one of the big things I'm going to talk about
2: tonight. <laughs> so,
1: it, uh, it's really, it when you just go and follow, and chase the passion, not not the anything, but the passion, the synchronicities are so much fun that that it wouldn't even almost matter what else happened, because they're just you know, <laughs> it's like only only ever seeing a clock when it's 11:11 or something it's it's but it's way bigger than that and and just fun but anyway absolutely before we get too far afield my partner
3: probably have a question to ask, again? ask
1: yeah i think we probably ought to
3: i guess begin I guess. the
1: interview anyway or or chat or I guess really more guess. of a fireside yeah. okay. chat okay. Uh, an interview but
3: all right <laughs> so my new friend um from so many places. Who on earth are you and what do you do?
0: Who on earth am I and what do I do? Um, wow. <laughs> I mean, where do you begin with so many dimensions to who we are and uh, what we do? And But look, I mean, basically, I, I just answer that simply now if, if anyone asks me. Um, and I believe honestly is, is I I you know, I, I'm a, I'm a storyteller. I'm an I'm an author and that's what I've um settled on and, and come to for, for the time being anyway. It it might evolve beyond that and uh below that or, or whatever. But but that's what I am. I'm I'm an author and a and a storyteller and, and basically that's what I do. But you know, there's 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 a story to the answer as well because I wasn't always a storyteller, or, or maybe I was, but I wasn't a practicing storyteller. Let me let me put it that way. I was born in a small African country called Swaziland, and you know, at the time I was born and grew up there it was a very wild place. And um, when when my father was um, driving there to uh, develop the region that he had been hired to develop. The road ran out a hundred miles. The track, not even the road. The road had run out long ago. But just the track that he was driving on on his Land Rover ran out a hundred miles before he got where he was going. So you can imagine this was a very remote and wild place. And I grew up amongst you know very wild uh, people and and animals and and nature. And even while I was in my you know early days. I was among people who weren't clothed in clothes or or they were dressed in skins or or whatever. And, uh, you know, people ask me what what sort of influence that had on me and they they might expect um, something different to what what I answer because really the the most profound effect that that upbringing, that time had on me was that the people that I, I Associated with it, I was a monk because we were, for a long time, the only European family among all these people, and they had a very supernatural world view. So for them, um, what white folks uh, would call superstition and uh, voodoo or whatever, uh, if you really understood it, though, what what it was was a, was a supernatural view of the world, which by which I mean is that uh, self-conscious, literal, linear. Uh, rational reality uh, what was not a reality for them it was it was not tangible or fixed or anything like that it was actually just something to be seen through to the supernatural spiritual dimensions of what was going on supernaturally spiritually behind that that reality and you know i i just absorbed that very naturally and um, just assimilated it and and i must admit that It was very frowned upon by the white colonial people. Um, The whole thing about being white and colonial in that area in those days, the the, the name of the game was to not go native. It was to hold on to your um, European, in inverted commas, civilized identity. So that when I went to school, when I went to boarding schools and entered into the commercial world, uh, you know, I've discovered that this worldview was very frowned upon and, and, and looked down on and, uh, you know, it was kind of suppressed and repressed within me but later in life um, in coming to do to work with the work that I work with now and the way I live my life now and I support others in in living their life and, and um, creating what they create in their life following their highest destiny um, this formative background has served me very powerfully because it's what I do now and it's the way I live my life and it's the way I serve others in living their life and I and and from what I've gathered from about you guys is also it's very much uh related to the way you, you know your way of life and and operating because it's a way of living by which you also um look past self-conscious, linear, rational reality through to to the deeper dimensions of who we really are and what's really going on and what forces are at play and how we can align with um, the the higher forces that will take us to manifesting and experiencing what's true for us too and what's in line with our highest possibility, basically. And I I don't know who said it at the beginning of the show, but I just remember the words, something about... Um, letting our inner life become our outer life. And, I mean, that that's the art we're talking about here. And, and so that background um, really, you, you know, that being immersed in that culture and and um, having that as my, my, my first sort of absorbing that as my first experience of life then has made it very natural for me to be able to live like that once I've claimed it, once I've owned it, because it was... The first kind of way that I ever lived, you see and um also with that though uh it you have got to appreciate that and, and i'm sure you can imagine that it's a its it's it's a very imaginative way of life it's 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 not a sort of a rational concrete uh controlled way of of being and looking at things it's a it's it's a you know a highly you know and and, and that's what people would would often um uh denounce it as, as as being this kind of superstitious and uh um you know I was, I was using the word, ir- irrational way and 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 you know it was because it, it's highly imaginative there's a highly imaginative answer to everything i I'll, I'll never forget uh once this guy came to our door um you know I was very young at this time, and a man just dressed in skins an African man was standing at our front door and my mother came, you know, white and and pale to my father and said, there's a man at the door. And my father said, who? And she said, I don't know. And, you know, she was very scared. And my father went to the door and and there was this guy just standing there. I followed him by, you know, hiding behind him and looked peeped out from behind him. And there was this big African man, you know, just half naked and in skins, just standing at the door. (laughs) Like a statue, you know. And and my father said to him, what what do you want? And he said, I don't know. And so my father said, what are you doing here? He said, I don't know. He said, well, why are you here? And he said, I was walking along a path. I came to the crossroads and I didn't know where to go. And so I looked down and there was a millipede going along the path. And it took this fork here. And uh, so I followed it and it's walked into your door. And so I'm here now and i never forget my father says well i'm hiring <laughs> and the guy says well i need a job you know and uh, he became one of our our most faithful employees ever <laughs> and uh you know that's 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 the world that these guys lived in and and so you know this this ima- i inherited i think you know maybe it's in in me somewhere deeper than that but but also as an experience as an experiential influence Um, I I came from this wildly imaginative um, background, uh, unfettered imaginative (laughs) background. And and so uh, I really feel like these two things, this this ability to look into the deeper workings and nature of myself and others and and, and life and what it's about and be able to to follow the higher thread of things and also to be able to tell stories and, and convey what I know through through imaginative stories, basically, and you know, so that I feel like that describes a lot of who I am and and, and what I'm about and and what I do. And it, you
1: you know, as you were talking, it just strikes me as a a, a fairly unique perspective. Uh, so many of us adults, I don't know about the 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 younger generation now; they seem to not be playing along, but. It just seems like to to many of us that that wall between the spiritual us and the quote unquote rational us has had always been there, but you got to experience that wall being put up and then t- and then taken back down and where yeah many exactly. Of us- so many of us have to take it down. We had no idea it got put up to start with.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And, you know. Look. I mean, the thing is about it. I didn't even. You know. It, it's done so subtly, like that. You, you, you know. You, you you just think it was always like that. But then, you know, when when you come back to it, you realize, yes, I was born in innocence, and um, I spent a lot of time in innocence. And then I lost that innocence, and, and then I came back to it. But, but I did have that good, well, I, actually eight years before I went to school and had to wear clothes even. Yeah.
1: Eight years of uh, uh, mostly that wild, you know, however civilized life in the house was uh, with mom and dad, you can't help but absorb what's going on around you. That's yeah, what, yeah. no. That's what little, little kids do best, it seems to me, is absorb what's going on
0: around them they do i mean we we you know as 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 children we sponges and 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 that's that's the thing you know is is that if if you look at uh any you know, and this is something i've i can have benefited from is is the observation of nature and and wild animals and you know, when a mother in the, in, in the bush, when a mother drops, when a mother drops its baby, whether it's a calf or a cub or whatever, it's, you, you, I'm telling you, it's got to be able to outrun a cheetah from day one. You know, it's got to, it's got to be able to survive from day one. It's got, it's got to be as quick as, as the most, as the speediest predator out there. And and so things have to, you know, de- develop very quickly. And and the humans are the same, except that we do it very differently. Is we don't develop physically as fast as that, but we develop mentally very quickly. We we like sponges. We we absorb lessons. You know, we we just soak it in. We don't even realize we're doing it, but we're just taking it in so quickly and we're adopting it. But it's a double-edged sword because we we soak it in so powerfully and so deeply that our experiences and, and whatever happens. We then just go, ah, oh, so that's how it is, you know, and and we become very fixed in in, in that and and uh, very stuck to that, and and you know, I mean, that that then forms our egoic beliefs and personalities and uh, you know whatever, and and uh, you know, it it really does create an almost intractable foundation that we can't undo with the same uh, process that we took that on, and and that's the trouble I find is. Is that you know we're all learning about this and we're all um, uh, discovering you know what we've what we've become how we've done it what we've taken on the belief systems the limitations all of that but um, it's, it's remarkable for me to observe is that so much as I say of the processes that people then are trying to use to dissemble this are based on you know uh, information formulas. Just, just basically using the rational mind and rational processes unwittingly, of course, without even realizing that that's what it is, and it, it, it's just you know I, I see people really struggle with it and 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 not really that they might think they're evolving, and but but they're not because that the, the 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 process and and the element that's going to transform us and dissolve that uh, you know um, foundation that the egoic foundation. Isn't isn't the same one that put it together? You've got to hand it over to something else, and you know, it's spirit that's going to do that, and um, our, our creative spirit. And, and so, a, a lot of the the well, it's not a lot of the the work that I'm involved in, the the model that I subscribe to, and um, you know, am am offering to anyone who's who for whom it's, it, it it sort of has an affinity with, is is one Uh, that's not mechanistic but but one that's really a process whereby what the system is is one whereby you invite spirit into your life and let that work on you and let something beyond your understanding and control work on you dissolve you and reshape you and reformulate you and and rebirth you basically to be the Phoenix really to be the Phoenix Yeah, we're talking about alchemy here and I'm a I'm a great student of alchemy and, and, and devotee of alchemy, basically. And, you know, I mean, uh, I do understand that all the language and everything is, is mostly metaphorical. Although, just two days ago, I spoke to a man in Canada, actually, who claims to be a real, actual alchemist who, up in the woods, uh, actually turns, you know, changes metals into other metals and works with metals. And um, I've decided to fly up <laughs> as soon as I can to meet him. I, um...
3: Well, I, it's perfectly I, it's perfectly plausible. Let's let's think about it for a minute. If we can take people who have had devastating, and we've had some people on the show who have had devastating paths, and have overcome some overwhelming odds, if you can take those people, and using that alchemy, turning lead into gold, that metaphor and and turn them into these beautiful light beings who just light up the world with their very presence of being if you can do that then i'm convinced convinced absolutely that you can take a piece of lead and turn it into something shiny i
0: wouldn't i wouldn't disagree i wouldn't bet against it let me tell you <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I, I i certainly wouldn't rule it out i uh,
0: <laughs> not at all we have
1: we have some friends and and, and Everyday Connection family members, as we call most of the people that join us on the show. Uh I I actually was gonna try to fly out this weekend, uh because they have a fellow coming who uh according to them manifests uh crystals and precious stones from his yeah. nose and his eyes. Yeah. And um and, and these are people I've come to see as family. Spiritual family, and mm-hmm. so I believe them. I, I yeah. absolutely believe them. And, uh, uh, and but the and thing if is, I think do
3: it, send them to the show so that we can interview them.
1: Right. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I was going to fly up there, so be sure I could get him on the show. And then
3: <laughs> no, I, I mean the slide that does the alchemy in the mountains.
0: Oh yeah, the mountains yeah. Got
1: too. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely, yeah. But yeah. you know the thing the thing about it is is that uh, is, is that um, for for me, I, I I have no problem with phenomena, and and fully appreciate that it occurs, and that. But but I I do believe also at the same time that it's a folly to expect that that's what your life should be about, and that's what you should be capable about, capable of. Because at the end of the day, and you know, I write about this in in my new book that I'm uh, that I've just launched now, the last shaman, and is that. You know, we're the first society to ever take anything literally. Only, you know, this is true. It's it's a it's a, an historical fact that that our Western society is the first society and culture ever in history that's ever only taken things literally. Every other culture and society takes everything metaphorically and literally at the same time. They don't discount the metaphorical or the literal. So when when someone says to you, uh, or, or like when we say to to um, when, when I've when I've said to natives even, uh, you know, real bush guys, you know, in in the 60s, in the late 60s, you know, as I described, people who are still in skins and carrying, you know, battle axes and spears and, and whatever, trackers, and, you know, I come across them and, and talk to them in the bush and camped with them, and we've been out around the fire, and it's a full moon, and, you know, it, it gets to that point where everyone's had a... Had a had a something to eat and something to smoke and and you're sitting around there and that that quiet time comes around and and I'd say to them, do you know that uh, people have been to the moon, and and you know they look at me and go yeah and uh, so I said oh you know that how, how did you know that and and you know I say well you know our relatives go to the moon, um, and and so. You see, to to them that that someone went to the moon literally is is not a big deal because also metaphorically, <laughs> I don't know what they mean by they go to the moon. They go to the feminine or or, or they astral travel there or, or whatever, but um, you know it's it's it, it, it's not a it's not a big deal whether it's literal whether it's metaphorical doesn't matter. It's it's just all, all that's really important is that we you know have an ability. To perceive our uh, you know our deeper self, our deeper nature and and the path that is opening all the time and available for us to walk and uh, you know to me that' that 's the most important thing and and we, we, we mustn't get lost in um, the phenomena you know it 's just like with, with healing and that um, i 've I've overcome many illnesses and I think it's just my path in life one of the things that I do is I acquire the most incredible illnesses and then overcome them and and the interesting thing is is that I don't care how I overcome them it's it's just the end result and I've overcome them clinically and I've overcome them miraculously you know and and but but some people just get hung up I, I know people who have died of cancer who just went you know if I can't cure myself Miraculously, then I'm not going to cure myself. And you know, I mean, uh, I'm 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 not pro That's Western kind of medicine. Yeah, I mean, I'm not pro Western medicine You're or
3: cutting out know, If well, you, if like you say something that you like that, it, I mean, you don't care how
0: it, it it one is just as valid as the other. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, That's you know, it's 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 all these things are wonderful, but I, I, I really don't think that we've got to get hung up on them it's it, it's like if if someone can turn lead into gold that's that's wonderful but if i you know I, i'm not going to sit here and 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 give up my path to to stubbornly sit here and go well i'm i'm nobody if i can't turn lead into gold because i'm turning lead into gold every day of my life metaphorically you see in 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 in, in what i create the love i spend the love i receive the love i put out the love i get back the the magic that I follow the magic that I create, and 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 that's that's all that counts really, and 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 that's it's about the end result of of that, isn't it?
3: Absolutely, and I I agree wholeheartedly. My 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 thing about the guy turning lead into gold is that, that that's cool, and but I don't need to do that because he's already doing it. You
0: yeah, thank exactly. I mean? That's what he like
3: does. I'd, I'd love to talk to him. Because that's really cool, and that's kind of my journey, is to talk to people and get them to share their journeys. Yeah. But I don't need to dedicate my time and energy to doing it, because he, it's already being done by somebody who's really cool, because he's doing it. it that's what they do, you know, yeah. I do, yeah. And I, yeah.
1: Well, and, and it's... I, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's just... It, it's this, no, no, go ahead. It's this organizational thing that we got onto at the very beginning of the show, is people didn't, it, it didn't used to be that way. And it's like, well, how did they get all of the services in the village that they need? And it, I don't know. They just did. If they didn't have a blacksmith, one showed up. And, yeah. um, you know, a fellow took a path because a millipede went down it and walked up and said, I don't know why I'm here. And they go, well, who are you? And they, well, I'm a blacksmith. And they go, well, that's funny. We just lost our blacksmith. Yeah. and, 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 and now it's supposed to be, okay, you're going to be this. Go get in that box. When yeah. that may not have anything to do with that person's passion. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. That's that's entirely it. And so you get um, everybody doing something
0: they don't want to do.
1: And then people want to know why life's not fun. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you see, I mean, and, and also, um, you know, it's, it's the way, again, going back to that, it's, it's just the way that we organize ourselves <clears throat> When you know, I remember finishing school, and and you know, it's such a, um, a you know tense and stressful time because you, you're finishing school and and you you got to start stream streaming yourself into some profession, and you know you, you start seeing vocational counselors and talking to your parents and your parents' friends and and every, it, no, nobody well in in those days anyway, and, and I still see that the problem is persisting today. Nobody is looking at who the person is. What their gifts and talents is, what what their true nature is and and purpose, and what's gonna you know serve them in in life, uh, you know certainly vocationally, you know and, and going back to how it was for me when I was leaving school and and my family and my relatives and friends and that, and you know it, 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 the way everyone looked at it was. What's the what's the best career to go into? Where's the money now? <laughs> you know, um, you know, it's it's it, it's like uh, what, what was that? The Graduate, that movie, The Graduate, and and the guy saying to him, he he meets a guy at the swimming pool and says. So uh, what what are you going to do, you know, uh, when you graduate? And, and he says, well, I don't know. And the guy says, well, let me give you some advice, Sonny. Plastics is the thing to get into, you see. So it's, you know, whatever it is at the time, it's information technology or plastics or, or banking or, or whatever. But, but you know, it's, it's, it's just all um, how we, you know, organize ourselves and, and, and create in our lives is, we see it as as some kind of coping mechanism. Is is how can we best cope? You know, we, we we've got the circle we, we thrust into the circumstance called life, and so how do we cope with this circumstance rather than what is it that we love, and 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 follow that and and follow our bliss? And again, what we've been talking about here is how when you when we when we when you do that when we do that everything comes together in in you know perfect harmony and uh, leads to a fulfillment that that is greater than we can ever expect to sort of rationally formulate. And and not only that, because it's connected to everything else, it it then also serves and enriches everything that we're a part of, whether that's our family, our society, our community, and, and especially even our environment.
1: absolutely i was actually <laughs> typing the words right on in the chat room as you said
2: <laughs> and and
1: hence my mute switch didn't come off i was like i'm spot on and yeah and, and you know and, and, and
0: right. anyway you know so so uh you know this is a discussion very close to my heart and and um I was, I was just saying, you know, I've just written this book called *The Last Shaman*, and uh, you know, I mean, ba- basically, it's a story. But this is what it's about. This is what it's conveying is this fact that you know, we 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 are something more than carcasses with grey matter computing the most logical way to live and and most you know functional way to live. That actually we we're, we're deeper than that. We're spirit and, and we're pure creative spirit and and though we're connected to everything all through all time and space paradoxically paradoxically as well we do have a, a unique nature we do each of us have a unique nature a unique purpose and it's there to be divined and i'm sure this is a lot of what you you are and your community are about is is about divining about channeling um you know wisdom and and and, and the best direction to be taking in life and, and to be guided being guided to, towards the fulfilment of our highest destiny, and uh, yeah, so I'm I'm very proud to have you know written this book that I uh, people are finding you know a really enjoyable read, but at the same time it's it's kind of like a a manual also as well, <laughs> an entertaining manual for a change, that uh, you know is very directive about how to systematically set oneself up in an orientation where you can live like this.
1: Yeah, and without jumping off the cliff and having a rough landing.
0: Exactly, to, yeah.
1: To to sort of slide in there. And I want uh, to, we've re- just about reached the halfway point, so we're going to take a brief break. Uh, and and when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the book because uh, the book became more than just a writing for you. It was a bit of a journey and, and has actually done that for quite a few people who have read it. So I want to talk about that some more uh, when we get well, back. I'd be
0: very happy to talk about it. Yeah, it's a very interesting uh, conversation.
1: Ah, wonderful. Mm. Um, so, Jane.
3: Yes, I, can we play Earth Flare in honor of the I, um, I, I incredible gonna... little ladybug that's sitting on my finger right now, even I... as we're having this conversation, and who has been sitting on my finger for the last ten minutes? In the middle of winter in Canada. That's right. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah,
1: that's. For the Fahrenheit followers, it's 24 degrees up there. So that's negative something in Celsius. And you have a ladybug just because it would be fun. Yeah. Yeah, life's like that. Yeah. But yeah, we'll play some earth prayer because I can't imagine playing anything else with this subject matter tonight. Uh, So (laughs) this is our dear friend and. Uh, Everyday Connection family member Ina V with her song Earth Prayer. I'll get her link up in the chat room. She's got a great Earth Prayer project that uh, takes the funds from this song and does some amazing things with it. So we'll be back in about five minutes. Stay with us, folks. Welcome back, everybody. That was our dear friend Uh, 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 Thought.
3: I caught you trying to sneak that beep in there while I I
1: was singing. But now, before that, I said we've got about 20 seconds, or 15 seconds, and then a few seconds after that, I beeped us back in. So I was, I was actually going to say that you were singing to the ladybug, and I was good and warned you that it was coming because they. Block Talk spoiled my fun. When we first started this show, Blog Talk didn't beep in our ear when we went from mute to live. But now anytime we go to mute or go to live, even if we're in like the our little screening room, if we go to mute, it still beeps. And um but it used to didn't do that. I could have caught her singing and just turned it on for everybody, but <laughs> she didn't want me to, and I mentioned it once and like the very next show there's this computerized beep now, and I was like, "Well, that's a fine thing to manifest, Jane."
3: Well, you shouldn't try and be sneaky like that, you see, because I, I almost always get my way. Uh,
1: no, I actually, I've, I always get my way. Yeah, I was going to say I don't. Really <laughs> not yet. Um. Anyway, again, that was our dear friend Enavi with her song "Earth Prayer," and for our podcast listeners, whom again are legion hundreds and well, more than a thousand of you. Um, it's www.enavie.com. com.
0: Yeah, Great, great music, great, great song.
1: Yeah, it's on the, based on Hawaiian, uh, Ho'oponopono. Uh-huh. I often say that incorrectly, but I got it right tonight. <laughs> it's a tough one for, it did very well. Um, the secret they say to Hawaiian, you pronounce every vowel separately, but it's hard to make my brain do that because I was raised <laughs> in a diphthong culture where we blend them together. Anyway, so The Last Shaman is the name of the book, and this is your second. Your your first book was The Magician's Way?
0: Yeah, The Magician's Way was my first book, and... Uh that that's the one that's got a really extraordinary story behind it the the last shaman the writing of that uh, is 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 another story as well but the the writing of the magician's way was was uh, an an extraordinary experience and um you know it's a lot of people know the story and it's it's quite a urban myth nowadays legend <laughs> oh my <laughs> well you know you see the thing is is that um you know, I told you I've I've had quite a few illnesses, and um, <clears throat> I was very sick. Uh, you know, I've been teaching for, for quite a while, and the thing about the the sub, my, my subject matter and my model is it's it's an incredibly powerful uh, model, um, and very profound and uh, exciting even and the the thing about it is though that the books on the subject are mind blowingly boring um they they contain inc- incredibly good information but they're just so r- turgid and rigid and <laughs> academic and um stuffy. you know stuffy and i always always give uh my um uh, students um uh, you know books to read um suggested readings or required readings even and nobody would read them. And it used to drive me mad and, and they'd say, but yeah, William, I can't read it. It's just so boring and just so heady and, and what I say, but aren't you going to sacrifice a few hours just to get the gold that's in them? You know, I, I know that's what they are, but it's it's a sacrifice and, and it it's just nothing I could do. So I thought, you know, I've got to write something that is interesting and, and also Really is 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 very to the point because often the books I'd give them were two thirds related to our subject or one third related to our subject or something. So I thought I must write a book that is is totally related to the subject that conveys is, is you know that is essentially conveying what we're about and also that is somehow interesting. So I started writing this book and it, you know I started writing it as a textbook, but then as I was writing the forward, which is a story which was i was writing a story that had happened to me um about this golf lesson that I had where I had really uh you know learnt these powerful principles of creativity of of magic you could say, and so I was just using that as as the forward as as the introduction to the book and as I was writing um the the book just i just realized that what I was writing was actually the book, that it was a story. And I, I had no idea of where it would go, what the outline was or anything. And the thing is that um, I really didn't have any ability to work it out because I was very ill at the time. I'd taken off 11 months to do an 11-month chemotherapy program. And so I was just incredibly ill every day. I mean, I was nauseous. I had tension headaches. I was, I was in, a, in a really bad way and and so all i could do was just make an intention which was my original intention was was to convey the principles that i teach in a very interesting way and uh, you know in an emotional engaging way in an interesting way in a way that would convey everything i wanted to convey so that's what i'd make my intention every day and then i would just write and uh you know i, I hardly knew what i was writing i never knew sentence to sentence what what would follow, and I just remember that at one stage, the furthest I ever thought ahead. I remember there's one particular chapter where I, I I I knew three paragraphs I could I could think three paragraphs ahead of myself, and that's the furthest I'd ever gotten ahead of myself. And after I wrote those three paragraphs, I was back to a, literally a sentence at a time. And the book came out as this parable on these these. Uh, you know again metaphorical seven secrets of magic that were just um a vehicle for conveying the principles of living your life by ma- magic manifesting your higher destiny <clears throat> and um so this 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 book just just literally came out of me a sentence at a time as i just you know handed over and wrote and i must say in the times that I was writing, it did alleviate my symptoms and that, and I didn't feel quite so bad um and But you know the thing is 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 that's how that book came out. It came out by accident it it was a textbook that turned into a story, I followed the story, and it was it was just purely intentionally driven it was just intentional driven and I just as I say, just kept that intention in in mind. And 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 then just wrote, and I, I didn't know what I wrote. I, I, you know, I was, I was too ill to reflect back on what I would written that day. You know, I, I couldn't remember even what I'd written that day. And and so what I had to do is the next day I'd read over what I'd written the day before, and then make my intention again, and um, off I'd go. And so it was in this condition that, and 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 you know, without any training or, or anything, that I wrote this book, and then. Um, I finished it, and I finished my treatment, and when I finished my treatment, I didn't know what I had. I just had absolutely no idea of what I had. And I took it to an editor. It was a really good editor. She had worked for a big publishing house as a manuscript assessor, so she really knew the structural elements of of a book and whether it could work or not. And she she assessed it, and she looked at it, and she said, you know, it's quite good. And she did very little to help me change it. we, We did only a very little... Bit of changing, we we brought in like what was at stake a little bit earlier than I would originally had it, and one thing and another, and, and 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 there it was, and um, you know, it 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 became Australia's best-selling metaphysical book ever, uh, and and, and very quickly, and you know, just it was, it was just just such a magical experience because every you know people said, oh, you know, you will never um because I wanted to self publish it and they said oh you can't do that you know because you, you to do that you've 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 got to get a distributor and distributors don't want to handle single books and um and you know I, I just got a distributor straight away and 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 then the book became a bestseller and then New World Library took it on and you know I mean they're just such a fabulous publisher they handled Eckhart Tolle and um you know Deepak Chopra, you know, could just just these great writers, and, and they just took one look at it and and, and they took it on, you see, and, and it's just it was just this magical um, creation that you know everything I was writing about in that book, that the principles I was conveying were applied to create it, because I was I was actually you know to be honest, I was totally out of my mind when I wrote that book and and i wrote it in a in, a, in a, you know in a way that was out of my everybody said i was out of my the, the way i went about everything writing it distributing it uh, marketing it getting it published you know with a, with a great publisher you know just just everything um but but it you know it, it's just it, it really that book really brought me to my power in life because I was practicing magic and working with it and studying magic and using it and, and you know using it to great effect. But that was a very defining moment in my life. In I've had other defining moments that sort of define the point at which I entered into magic. But but that was a defining moment of of, of finding my own voice of of really realizing. In, in a mind-blowing way, that the, the power that's within in me and, and within everybody else, and the potential, you know, to go, man, if if, if you can do that, if you can go from uh, not having finished school, not knowing the first thing about writing, how to write, how to structure a, uh, a book or a story or, or anything, uh, let alone have the connections to 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 get it published, to to market, whatever, you know, just just to have an intention, and then just take whatever action you can, and, and then just have this um, end result just manifest so beautifully and and so powerfully, and it wasn't an accident, and I, I recognized that it was not. It's not like some fluke. Or a, I just recognize the the majesty of it, the the, the power of it, the, the creativity of it, and even now as I'm talking about it, it's just fabulous to reflect on because I, re- I reflect with with awe on. On what what manifested, what was what was created, and and you know from that point on, it's, it's been very easy for me to approach whatever I approach in life, no matter how fantastic it seems to be, because I just know, and I look forward to, I actually relish any challenge because it's like, well, let's see how we're going to cure ourselves of this illness this time, William, or you know, uh, how are we going to? How are we going to crack it in America now that we're here? Or, or just, you know, what, whatever it is. Um, uh, you know, because there's there's now an, an expectation of... of it's, it's like going to the circus and going, what magic are we going to see here today? This is, going to Circus du Soleil or something and going, I know I'm going to see amazing magic. I don't know what it is, but I know I'm going to walk out of here just blown away.
1: Yeah, it... it Jean laughs extra hard because you just told the story of going <laughs> to heaven. Just tell the story of what? Sorry. Her second book, going to heaven. My home second home. book. She was completely. She couldn't remember to eat. She had a friend that fed mm-hmm. her. I mean, she she knew how to. She could eat, but she would not remember that she needed to do it periodically.
3: It, that was my view. I would forget.
0: You had a and feeder. Actually, you lucky thing.
3: I did well. The first, the first book that I wrote was in the Philippines,
0: and I apparently
3: forgot to eat frequently during that as well. But the hotel staff there were continually—I had made friends with some of the staff, and they were continually bringing me fruit to make sure because they would watch me sit on the patio and write for eight to nine mm-hmm. hours at a time, and just drink coffee and smoke cigarettes at the time because I was still smoking then. Yeah, yeah. I quit. Uh, but yeah, so I, I get what you're saying. I've I've taken that journey that really incredible I think I'm doing one thing and wake up at the end of it and realize, holy crap, I did something entirely different, but that was cool um, <laughs> and, and and it is amazing and it's fun and it's it's an incredible way to live your life and I remember but, but- saying during the first my first time going through that process. I remember saying, "I hope I never lose the wonder of all these mm, cool little yeah. things." It wasn't anything big. There was never anything big. It was just little things, like the ladybug showing up tonight and sitting on my sho- you know, on my finger during the show while we're talking about change and rebirth and opportunity and and all these things. And here's an animal that represents those things in this spiritual yeah. sense. So. Yeah, I get it, and that's why I was giggling, because it's awesome, and it's fun, and nice. I can't wait to read your book.
0: <laughs> well, um, we must get you a copy, because you've got The Last Shaman, haven't you?
3: I believe it's on its way. It hasn't arrived uh, yet, Yeah, it hasn't
0: arrived. They've got the so, Canada border thing. I yeah, but, but we, must, uh, <laughs> they crazy. we must get you a copy of The Magician's Way as well, because um, you know they, they go together, the the, the the Magician's Way and The, the Last Shaman. But you know, it's, it's interesting what we're talking about, Jean, because... The, you know, as, as I was saying, the, the magician's way is, is based on these seven secrets of magic that the character learns, and, uh, you know, my interest is actually, one of my great interests, and it's just something peculiar to me, is I'm very sort of um, fussy about about what I learn and what I hear, and... Uh, I'm not a skeptic, but in fact, I'm the opposite of a skeptic. I'm a believer. But at the same time, I really, I guess I'm a truth seeker and, and, and I seek the truth. And I go, you know, people are telling me this, but it's, it's really true. You know, is it really true? Like, for instance, you know. People, I'll just give you a, a quick example, just a silly little example, but it's it's an effective example. It's just like people say if you if you want to manifest something, people in the in, you know that are preoccupied with manifesting, they say if you want to you, you know if if you want to manifest something, then you've got to believe that you can have it. Otherwise, you might manifest it. And I've actually been told that about things that I'm going for. And and I go you know, but is that true? And I look at, is it true? And I've seen people that don't believe they can get what they get. And I've seen myself in situations that, um, you know, go for things in 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 states where I totally don't believe that I'll get it. And and the opposite is true, where I totally believed I'd get it and I didn't get it. You know, and so I go, you know, so I don't I don't believe that. It, it's and, and and so what I did with the magician's way was I, I called it, you know, the subtitle of the magician's way was. What it really takes to find your treasure, so it's like was a distillation of essentially if you're going to become a manifester and you know uh, a predominant creative force in your own life and 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 you know self consciously manifest your destiny and and be an active agent in that, then what does it really take and, and so then it was based on these seven secrets of what it uh, really takes, and the seven secrets. Sorry, I took so long to get to the point, but the seventh secret is that it takes will it takes will that's the seventh secret and and you see because what we're talking about here is uh both of us uh Jean is that you know we start off on on in one in one direction, think we 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 we're going to do it this way and and follow this process and create this whatever it is, and then we end up in another process and end up creating. Actually, more or less, what we're going to create, but but different and, and even better you know than what we ever imagined and and yet though you, you say that so casually, but from my experience on personal experience, and teaching people to create and, and also supporting people in their creative process uh, it's, it's no mean feat it, 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 it is actually an ability and it is actually a skill that we need to train ourselves in because um, you see that that ability, that process is going outside of our rational orientation in life and, and and so for for most of us you know to 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 then follow what emerges actually doesn 't make sense and brings up fear in us and and mm-hmm. brings up tension and makes us want to capitulate and then, look the honest truth is we often do it in life and and most people do it all the time in life and and so it becomes. A discipline and an art, and an ability and a, a, an acquired talent to, to what they call follow your heart—you know, follow your bliss, whatever language you, you call—but but but follow yourself on that v- adventure. To use that term, which I think is highly appropriate, to follow the adventure outside of of your, you know, um, you know, limited uh, paradigm that, that you've always been confined in you know because it's
3: i'm just curious Is one of the seven um learning the ability to let go because that was to me that was the really big one was learning to let go and let god so to speak um i'm going to use that term today and i think everybody listening will understand what i mean even the people who aren't christian and yeah refer to it as the universe um it's let go and let god which is just to let go and trust that your guidance is going to take you where you need to go. Even if you think that, you know, you are going to point C and you think that you have to go to point B before you go to point C, sometimes there's, you know, a different path to point C, point A, point two.
1: Or you could go by point D before you even get to C. That'd be divine. You could. You could, oh, could follow the whole. Or you D- could follow a millipede and, and have the faith to, when you arrive, actually say, I don't know why I'm here. That, to and that's me, the big is one for me,
3: is faith. That, that let, let go and let God. And that's, when I say let go and let God, I mean follow your inner guidance. Follow that whisper in your heart. Mm. Follow that find that magical synchronicity that you see. That makes you go, "Wow, life's so cool!" Follow that because yeah. that's going to always take you in the right direction. And it, but that is so hard to do, and such a car- yeah. scary experience for people.
0: But you see, you ask you asked me—is—is is one of the secrets? Uh, let go, and and <laughs> the answer is yes, because it's—it's it's explicit in. It takes will, you know, like what you've just said. Now it's so hard to, and and. Um, so so that that principle is is contained within the seventh secret that it takes will that that that's what it's about it's about letting go in fact the book ends Maybe I won't tell you how it ends because but anyway it, it, <laughs> the the book ends with a character Dana Anne's read the book she she'll remember this with a, with the, the the main character you know making a mag, taking a magnificent action of of letting go you know and um kind of a death defying letting go and so, yeah, you know, I mean, that's what it's about. And, and uh, you know, the, the thing is, is that you see, this is the thing that I I notice because um, I train a lot of people, and and so I observe, I've I've observed a massive sampling of people's uh, creative process, and and the thing is that people that evolve powerfully and shift and transform. And live their greatness, and you know, really live their bliss. Um, what what you find is is that it comes from a consistent practice. It's it's not just a random thing. You know, like people who live, uh, who, who who say they practice that they they they're highly intuitive. Some sometimes people say to me, oh, you know, I'm highly, you know, I've got a strong intuition, and and you know, I get these, you know. I knew when my grandfather died, or something like that. Whatever you know, they've got to claim. Um, but but you know, it's one thing to have random uh, intuitive flashes or something, but it's a different thing to live your life daily, hourly, minutely, guided by your intuition, where you know your your mind tells you one thing and your heart tells you another thing, and you follow your heart as a discipline because. No matter how um, practiced and experienced you are, there's always going to be a conflict. There's always going to, you know, your intuition is going to point to a higher road, and and your your mind and and your your thoughts and feelings are going to tell you that it, it doesn't make sense. And you know, daily we we have to practice that discipline, and it's, a, it's an actual discipline. It's a it's a process. It's a it's a system. It's a, it's a, it's an orientation. It's a way of life. It's it's you know, an orientation defines um, where you come from in life, and and so some some people, you know, most people really uh, are orientated randomly by 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 their thoughts and their their feelings, and and you know, they feel this and they go that way, then they feel this and they go that way but there's another way in which you live your life consciously intentionally with true awareness and 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 you re, you know and and the way you live is by referring to the deeper awareness that's available to you every second of your life and you refer to that and you act according to that and when you do i mean it, you know it's it's it, it's it's like anything it's it's like Getting fit—it's like going to the gym. It takes going there every day, or second day, or third day, and, and and practicing whatever you practice to to get fit. And and so too, one becomes one can become spiritually fit and creatively fit. And you know, as I say, develop an ability and a discipline and a will to hang out with your with your higher self and and your higher guidance. And, and actually follow that. And and so, you know, I mean, all, all that I'm about is, is teaching people that art, that discipline, and, and then also conveying it through the book. It's, it's not just random principles and, and insights and whatever that people go, oh, cool, that's a great thought. Because I, I don't care for just random insights and that. What, what I want to give people is, is a system, is a, is a model for living in this paradigm living in this orientation um be, because it's it's like anything else you know no, it's like painting or i mean name anything it, it not, not, nothing is comes from being a dilettante in anything you're not going to go anywhere it, it's like when when it when it becomes your art when it becomes your passion um is when it's it's really going to reveal itself to you and um take you you know uh, to places, basically.
1: Uh, I just love the way that you you put that because it really was. You talk about how the change is subtle, the wall, the building of the wall, and the separation of the rational and the spiritual into these boxes. It it was disciplined. We were disciplined. Every time we sort of deviated from the path, somebody gave us a hard time or a bad grade. or a... So we were disciplined. And then it becomes habit, and then you don't think about it anymore. And, and the same can be true with making that everyday connection. But it is. It's like a muscle that you have to develop.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And, and it's a muscle everybody's got. But you gotta go to the gym just a little bit yeah. at the beginning. Yeah, it it, yeah. It, it it sometimes feels a little like working out at the beginning. Yeah, but then and it does. It can seem to people from looking from the outside like you've just followed a whim, and and inspiration <laughs> might well inspiration might come and you go and it seems whimsical to people, but oh. it's based on this seems discipline. Seems crazy to some people. Yes, but it's based on this discipline of listening to your higher self, or you, or you make some wild turn and then crash because you don't continue to follow the next. Like you said, it's not just even an everyday connection; it's an every moment-to-moment moment connection. Um, because yeah. you, you almost have to reevaluate every step you take, and and. and you know
3: yeah i mean it's it's great to walk down the path and and to go or to go down the road and and see the bus and know that you have to get on the bus but then if you get distracted on the bus and you don't pay attention to when you're supposed to get off
0: yeah you see the, the thing is that you know there's this term that i actually like it it's very descriptive and 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 and, and very apt in in many ways actually this this term I'm, we've all heard it have the, the flow to to be in the flow it's like being in the zone is to, is to be in the flow and everybody's had an experience of being in the flow and, and what's what's interesting is so many people have, uh, you know, wherever I go and people I teach and meet and we talk and at talks, whatever, um, meetings, gatherings, groups, parties, anything, the, this, this whole concept of the flow often comes up and, and people go, yeah, I know what you're talking about, you know, I, I was in the flow once you know or something or sometimes i'm in the flow i get that you know and and i just don't know why i, I fell uh, into I, the flow by accident one day yeah yeah exactly you know and it it is it is as it's, it's, it's this accidental thing or or people feel like well, you know, I, I, I do my practice and I get into the flow, but then something happens. There's a, there's a force stronger than me that comes along and 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 swipes me out of it or whatever. But it but it's not true, you see. It's 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 just us. It's just us. It's us that put ourselves in the flow, and it's us that take ourselves out of the flow. And um, you know, uh, if, if if we mean to live in that flow and live in that zone, and and live that 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 bliss, that that joy, that you know that that that, uh, that we feel when when we actually are in tune with our you know higher vibration, our higher destiny, what, whatever you want to call it, then you you got to You got to stay tuned to it. It's like a musician. Isn't a musician regularly tuning his or her instrument? You know they do. Otherwise they go out of tune and and, and whatever. So if you want to stay, you have got to stay tuned in, and and so creating, living by magic. Uh, living spiritually, again, whatever your terminology for it is, is is a function of of staying tuned in, and 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 not just being tuned in when you like what you're getting when you're tuned in. I mean, how often? I don't know about you guys, but I'm sure it's true for you and and anyone listening. How often do we not like what we get? You know, when when our guidance is. It's like, oh, I don't want to leave this person or give up this job like Gene just did or what whatever it is. We we, we often don't like it, you know. But and and, and and so but but if you if you if you want to live in an empowered way and in in you know in with true spiritual depth and that then, then you know it this is what I'm saying, it it takes will it's
1: like being in a in a cave and you're totally protected and animals can't get you and nothing can happen. But <laughs> nothing's going to happen. But
0: nothing can happen. But nothing. But bet nothing. Get out.
1: And yeah. And uh, that's. But but there is the, this. The
3: berries aren't going to walk to you in the cave. You know, you got to go out and pick the berries.
1: Or or something that sort of says if we just stay here in the corner and be small, we'll be
0: safe. Yeah, that's right. It's funnily enough, my Facebook post today um, was inspired by someone who had a. Um, <clears throat> Someone else who had posted on Facebook, and they had the definition of a hero, you know, and was this very heroic definition about, you know, he- heroes or people who, who who face these, you know, uh, you know, no matter how adverse the circumstances are, they persist and they conquer, and was this very sort of like masculine Apollonian kind of view of of a hero, and uh, it, it, it inspired me to post about the hero, and I said, you know, that that my you know, favourite definition of a hero is Joseph Campbell's definition of a of a hero, which is uh, any anybody that acts in favour of something other than themselves, which which I interpret as being outside of you know other than you know their their survival mode basically. <laughs> and um, so so you know that's that's their hero, and it can be little things, it can be can be big things, but it's just anything any any actions that we're taking that aren't based on, you know, protecting the self, that are more based on being of service and serving the higher and, and, and serving our, our own higher self. And uh, through that, the higher of everything that we're connected to and a part of, basically. That's a,
1: I can't think of a better note. For just this time on the clock, it's once again um, one of those. You know, we should we should carry on for hours.
3: uh We could. I we're mentioned have in to the chat room back.
1: earlier that you know this guy sounds like he'd be really easy to be friends with. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, we get the most awesome people around here, and we don't really. We people just. I just. I always get feedback from people that they don't really believe that we don't plan. You know, months in advance, and do studies on who we should have on the show, and check a demographics.
0: Cannot... But I what about mean, that? What, what about that ten-page so... questionnaire you sent me? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we actually get in
1: trouble sometimes with people that that will hound me for. I need a list of questions, and yeah, I'm just right. like, we don't have one. We really don't.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And. um but we always end up going somewhere awesomely beautiful mm. every 90 minutes that always. we spend. And uh, oh, we
0: should have typed gosh. it and, and and created a book out of it.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, well,
3: actually, you, the, you still have the option because there's archives. Yeah, the so tape. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You're
3: gonna be there able. you are go. gonna be able to do it back. And and if anybody wants to transcribe our hundred and some shows, feel free. Yeah, we. Yeah. We're
1: closing in on 200 hours of, of material freely available on our website and uh, uh, with some, just some awesome people. And uh, I bet. Uh, I just want to thank awesome. you for taking some time out and hanging out with us in our st- tales around the campfire
0: over here.
3: And we do hope that you'll come back because you're just fun to hang with. <laughs>
0: I'd love to. to. I've thoroughly enjoyed myself, and I can feel the energy of the people listening and taking part in our conversation as as well. And uh, no, really great. Thanks so much for uh, inviting me on your show, and uh, you know your 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 conversation basically just love talking. Love 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 your style. You know what they say in Hollywood here: love your work. Hey, (laughs) that's
3: awesome. Awesome.
0: And Jane will
3: send
1: him a copy of, the, to... of your book, so he can. Well, why don't see you about... do that, Rick? I. <laughs> okay, I missed that. What do what? Yeah. Well, some somehow we have traded places or something. She used to be the thank you email that included a copy
0: of
1: uh. a copy of one of her books, or sometimes all of them, and. And now, now I need to do that.
0: But we we we'll That's do a trade, cool. eh? Um I I must uh, I must get your email or, or addresses and send you guys a copy of the Magician's Way and, and I must get us a few of Jean's books in return. Absolutely. That's a absolutely. deal. That's, That's a deal. That's a deal. Absolutely. I love that. I, I've, I, I've put can, your link we
1: can up compare in the journey. Um sorry. Just step on your line, Jean. That's okay. I don't
2: That's okay. Uh,
1: but uh, I've put your link up in the chat room several times through the show, and it will, of course, be on the archive on our website uh, pr- later this evening or first thing in the morning. Uh, but for our podcast listeners, who, again, we bless you guys, uh, it is simply WilliamWhiteCloud.com. It's dot W I L L I A M W A I T E C L O U D. That's
0: it. Will. I am. Oh. Well, I am. That's me, William Whitecloud. And can, can I just say very quickly, it's very worth uh, a visit because there's a lot of information on, on the topic of what we've been talking about tonight. There's information on the books that we've been talking about and, and even free chapters to to those books, you see. And, and also, uh, other than information about me and my products and services, there's also a, a swag of free resources that support people in practicing the art that we've been talking about here tonight actually.
1: Yeah, there's some wonderful resources That's there. Yeah.
3: Awesome.
1: Um we oh, calendar. That's me now too. Okay. Well
3: cool. while you're looking for the calendar, um I'm just gonna quickly say um just to just a thank you to um, my little ladybug friend who stopped by tonight to remind me of a very important truth. And in total alignment, like Rick said, we never planned this show. Um, I certainly can't plan a ladybug coming and sitting on my finger during during the show on a night when I've quit work. Um, just to explain what that means to people who, who are wondering, ladybugs um, is... A gardener's friend in keeping other more harmful bugs out of the flower beds. Uh, With their bright red shells and black spots, they carry the magic of rebirth. Red and black are the colors of thought and manifestation. And ladybugs will often appear to us when we have an opportunity to succeed, to grow, and to start something new. So keep your eyes open for those signs and synchronicities because they're there. They're always, always Always there.
1: Always there. And they're really just love notes from ourselves to ourselves. Yes. And
2: uh Absolutely. You
1: know, it's, gee, I wish I could reassure myself sometimes. Well you do. Just but you gotta look. <laughs> so uh You gotta look. Uh we of course are back on Thursday. Every Tuesday and Thursday we do this thing. And and Thursday is the tenth of January, which is
3: some, some dude's birthday.
1: Yeah, some random guy is having a birthday. Some random
3: guy. <laughs> it's Rick's um, birthday on Thursday. We haven't made any announcements on Facebook or, or any of that stuff, but um, it'll be an open mic night. As per usual with, you know, possible surprise guests because occasionally that happens on birthday nights and um, we highly recommend that you it's, it's a good night to listen live for all our podcast listeners. I know that you are scattered all throughout the planet and you know, that's really cool if you can't make the show by all means, stop by Rick's Facebook page, page on Thursday and drop him a happy birthday because I know he loves it when his, his wall goes loco. Um, <laughs> but if you are able to swing by the show, by all means, stop by the show, drop in to chat or give us a call and you can talk to Rick yourself. And any any questions you want to ask him, no holds barred, you have my permission to ask him whatever you want and he has to tell you the truth for an answer. That's my birthday present from me to him. <laughs> oh,
1: yay! Um, no, it, it, we had a great time last year, and um, I'm sure that we're going to have a fantastic, fun time this year. Um, it's just I, I'm I might even explain the time shifting I did to get my birthday to fall on a show day two years in a row because that's hard to do. <laughs> I don't I don't know I haven't even looked to see whether you fall again this year, Gene. I don't know.
3: I, we'll have to, we'll have you know, to find I'm out. I'm not really worried about it. Let's get through you first. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: that's true. And then um, next Tuesday, Barbara Evans is going to join us. Um, I just got her wisdom cards in the mail, so I'm going to have to check that out. So we'll see about that. And then, and then we have another author, Christine Nolfi, that will be with us the following Thursday. So we do this every Tuesday and Thursday, folks. Please join us, or if not, uh, I have. We had a brief bobble with iTunes, but we are now back on iTunes. Just search for Everyday Connection Radio; you'll find us easy. And you can hit subscribe; it's free, and we'll pop up on your iTunes, your podcast, your whatever the whatever you call it thing. Or you can subscribe on our website. I got lost there, Gene. Help me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> anyway, um, have a wonderful Wednesday, and uh, thank you again, William. And uh, Everybody join us Thursday, and until then...
3: Stay connected.
1: Uh-oh. I lost the button.
3: Put the, Push the button, Rick.
1: <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> we hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Everyday Connection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection.